So Wade and Jeff, thank you guys so much for being patient while I went through that. And we're so glad to have you here today. Absolutely. Uh, this is Wade Como. And I want to thank Leah, first of all, a lot of great information. We also appreciate the enthusiasm and feel very similarly. We are still investing and believe that this is going to be a uh, little bit of a challenging bump in the road, but a bump in the road and that the people who are confident whenever there are times of distress are the ones who typically do better in almost every market. So we're, we're definitely aligned in that. I also want to say that um, we recently changed property managers and moved to OmniKey. So any of the people who are on the phone that are not uh, currently a client of theirs, we are big believers. We moved our portfolio and the customer service and uh, the positive responses from our tenants and just everything has been a complete 180 from where we were before. So we're big believers in what they do. Whenever Leah says that she is available at all times, that's absolutely true. Her and her staff uh, had the same passion for customer service kind of from top to bottom. So before I dive into what we do, I just wanted to say that we're really excited about being a part of our team. And if you are not currently, I strongly encourage you to check her out and her team. Thank you so much, Wade. No worries. Um, so first of all, I want to talk a little, a little bit about what we do. And we really try to focus on being a one-stop shop for investment uh, lenders. Uh, and we really look at trying to provide both the short and the long-term financing, including conventional loans, not only with one company, but with also with one loan officer. So in most instances, you can qualify for multiple products with one credit pool. You're going to have a single point of contact, a highly experienced licensed loan officer that handles both hard money and permanent financing. Then we also have uh, an internal multifamily and commercial specialist. Uh, I, I tend to agree with Leah. Commercial is definitely the most unstable part of what we're seeing out there right now. But with that said, there, there are probably going to be some discounted opportunities over time. We do want you to know that we provide those services as well. Uh, we can go on to the next slide. Jeff, you want to take this one? Sure. Um, so for you guys that don't know us, we are... Um, a lending company that was founded by real estate investors before we started doing loans uh we built up a, a pretty sizable rental portfolio like Wade was saying um we do uh our flips ourselves uh, we're very involved and we have our project manager we're very involved in the real estate business uh, outside of just lending um we've completed when you, when you count loans and transactions we've done over 800 deals um and and we think that the perspective that we have as investors will really help you guys that are uh, maybe newer try and um, we try and minimize the mistakes that you guys might make as a new investor. Right. So that means every step along the way, we're there trying to hold your hand. Obviously, we aren't consultants, but we try to think of ourselves as a second set of eyes. Right. So if you're somebody who's doing a flip loan, for example, we always have our own project manager walk that property confirm your rehab budget, make sure that your plan and the numbers that you're seeing are what we would see as well. Um, most, oh, uh, thank you. Most of our clients are uh, referrals or repeat customers. Um, we have a lot of, like I said, we offer a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of products, uh, internal, external, same point of contact for everything. And uh, like I said, it's not just the flips, it's also the buy and holds. We will, um, have our guy typically go out and, and check out the buy and hold deals as well. Hey Jeff, will you do me a favor? Will you pull your mic back just a little bit so that it picks it up for the recording? Uh, sure. Is this better or worse? It's about the same. It's just reverberating a little bit. Okay. I'll try something else. Y'all go ahead. I'll, I'll try to fix this on my own. Oh, good. No problem. We can hear you. It's just loud. Got it. Okay. Uh, Jeff and I, to give you a little bit of background, we were both in lending, uh, traditional lending for a long time. And we actually uh, worked at large national banks and moved into first. Uh, we started, uh, as Jeff mentioned, adding rentals uh, very heavily. Also doing flips, doing uh, things wholesaling. And then we back in our previous lending experience with the complete objective of being uh, lenders for real estate investors. While we still provide owner-occupied cash-out refinances to a lot of people, we've done a lot of those recently to fuel their investment business, or we can do a you know an owner-occupied refinance to lower your rate and save money on your monthly payments. That is our 
that is an ancillary thing that we provide to our clients, but we do not work with typical real estate agents representing buyers of homes or representing sellers of homes or anything of that sort. Our focus is to work with agents and other contacts exclusively in the real estate investment space. Well, I did want to give uh, a couple of lending updates in this particular space. You know, most hard money lenders out there raise their money in one of two ways, commercial banks and uh, private individuals. We are uh, very well capitalized and have a lot of great contacts. So we see no reasons whatsoever that hard money loans are going to stop down in our particular business. I, I, I've heard maybe some very small operations that, that may be pulling back a little bit, but most of the larger hard money players out there have confidence and are moving full steam ahead. On conventional loans, you know, that is a big way in which the federal government props up the housing market and uh, also just the uh, overall economy. So they are definitely going to support this effort and it's going to be a channel that is there for real estate investors. And Fannie and Freddie have already made some positive changes. I will say that whenever these changes are rolled out, sometimes there's a little bit of gap in time between you know, federal regulators giving positive changes, some of which came out yesterday, which are the ability to do drive-by appraisals, not having to get into the property or desktops, and then also making it much easier to document income because some verifications of employment might've been a little bit tougher with some people working from home. But these are just the first of many changes. We think we're going to see far more. We believe that that's going to present an opportunity maybe in a little bit of a, a short window of discounted pricing, but maybe four more favorable products in this category to allow you guys to expand your business. I do want to mention one thing with appraisals uh, outside of that, and that is merely that it is taking a little bit longer to get appraisals in just because of the overwhelming amount of appraisal requests because of uh, the refi boom and some other things. So we can still close loans very quickly on hard money loans. You know, we can typically close them in about seven to 10 days, sometimes a little bit quicker if you need to, uh, a special situation. But I will say in general, those appraisals are taking a little bit longer, but it's only a positive because there are so many people wanting to take advantage of the situation at this moment. So Wade, can we take a step back for a moment? And some of the people, we this is a gigantic webinar. Um, this yep. is the second largest we've ever done. And it's because we're starting to talk about these pre-owned plays. And so let's kind of go back to bare basics and let's talk about what a hard money loan is and how and why it's used. Absolutely. So a hard money loan is a loan to purchase and repair distressed real estate. Uh, in most instances, you cannot get one of these value plays uh, to purchase a property on a straight conventional loan. It's not going to meet the standards that are required in order to go straight into that product. So we have worked diligently to provide a very efficient process where you can take advantage of a hard money loan. You can buy a distressed property. Candidly, most of the offers that I've made over time and most of our clients make are often a cash offer. Um, they did not put a financing contingency because it is a hard money loan. I will give one caveat there. Um, if you have a sophisticated seller, i.e. Uh, a bank, it's an REO or a short there is something very specific that takes place in the deed that makes that problematic. But if you're dealing with most sellers or if you're buying from wholesalers, it's not going to be a problem to make a cash offer there. And in most instances, they're very familiar with hard money. And most wholesalers look at hard money almost comparable to a cash offer. But this allows you to close in a very quick time frame. Um, the qualifications are much easier to, to get qualified for. It's a more efficient process. It's not as arduous to get qualified or to provide the documents. And um, we will give you the money and reimbursements to make the repairs on the property. So, we do uh, very small rehabs in certain instances. We've had some people who use hard money just to close very efficiently because they have a deal that has to close in five or seven days. But in most instances, it provides people the capital to make repairs so that they can get that discounted property. And to kind of get you all background on my personal acquisition, you watch these crazy projects that my everything that we do started in hard money. So when we first started doing this process before we had all the money and the success and everything we have now, we were using hard money and we used hard money for a long time. So most of your top players, that is where they start. 
Absolutely. And, and there is a there is a process that people go through as they grow. But early on, we think that this is an outstanding uh, option for newer investors or people who may just not want to go through the trouble of filling out a personal financial statement and some of the other complications that come up, come along with working with some of the banks. Yep. Okay. Anyway, we're going we're gonna to cover several other topics here. We're going to cover hard money, hard money versus going to conventional, uh, conventional financing options. Uh, conventional financing retirement plan option, which is something that we find has been very effective for people who have a significant net worth to be able to take advantage of this product, even if they're not currently working or currently have a W-2. Um, we're going to cover several other options here. I won't go over each one. We'll, we'll just kind of go through these topics as we go through the pages. Uh, Jeff, do you think the mic has worked out? Do you want to take this next one? Uh, can you guys hear me okay? Oh, so much better. better. Yes. <laughs> All right, good deal. Um, okay, so hard money loan programs like wade was saying we have um this is for purchase this is the a loan to purchase require repair and then at the end of it you either sell it if it's a flip and pay us off or you refinance it into a long-term loan and pay us off but we have deals uh, our hard money rates they start as low as 6.99 for very well qualified uh, borrowers that rate stays that way for 60 days it's a discounted rate for our um buy and hold customers if they qualify. Um, the logic being it's a, um, it's a, usually the buy and holds are smaller rehabs. And we've done, a, um, we've done a lot of work trying to make sure that you can get in and out of the rehab, meaning you buy it, you fix it up, and then you're re refinancing um, within that first 60 days. So it's a discount rate for 60 days, 6.99 and two points for those who qualify. Uh, for you newer investors, a point is basically just 1% of the loan amount. So on a $100,000 loan, one point is $1,000. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, we close in as little as seven days. Um, you can go up to 75% loan to value of the, of the ARV. And what that means is, um, let's just say you, you uh, have a property that once it's picks up, it's going to be worth $100,000. We will lend you $75,000 on that deal. So um, if you can buy it and rehab it for 75 or less, then that's great. You can um, you can bring nothing to closing but your closing costs. Uh, we do have a VIP, VIP flipper program for seasoned investors. Um, this is for, for people that are experienced, well-capitalized, good credit, um, We've found that they want some things that, uh, you know, if they've been doing this for a while, there are certain things that are important to seasoned investors. Um, so we have some really cool features that we think uh, that they like. Um, some, just a couple of things we we are able to, if they've done a couple of deals with us, we are able to actually increase our loan to value on those guys. Uh, we have uh, flexible pricing. It's just a little bit better program. Um, Submit simple draw requests online and upload all your documents through a portal. This is very important in today's day and age. We, um, whether you're doing a hard money loan or you're doing your conventional loan, all your documents can be submitted securely through a portal uh, and your draw, draw requests as well. You could actually log in if you're at the site trying to go through the property with your contractor. You can log into your portal and um, select the things that have been done from smartphone, hit submit, and boom, we get the order. There's no so going back to the to the office and faxing or scanning, uh, it's all handled online. And the up to one hundred financing, yeah. Oh, let's on that topic. Will you explain what a draw request is and how and why it's absolutely, needed? absolutely. So, um, like we said earlier, a hard money loan is a, is typically a loan where you're given money to purchase and repair property. So, let's just say in this example, there's a forty thousand dollar rehab budget on this property. So at closing, um, we're going to get into the machinations of all of the numbers, but basically at the end of closing, there is $40,000 sitting in an escrow account that we have ready to disperse to you um, once work has been completed. So let's just say, for example, you need to fix the foundation and put on a new roof, and that's going to cost $10,000. So if those are the first two things you do, um, once you and your contractor have completed those tasks, you can submit for a draw, which means we will give you the money for the work you've completed. So uh, you go online, you say, hey, we've done the foundation, we've done the roof. We send out, typically we send out either our project manager or we send out an inspector, um, not an appraiser. Those are two very different things. We send out an inspector typically to go and, uh, and check and make sure that your contractor has done the work that they said they were going to do. That's the case. Typically within three to five business days, we will send you the $10,000 
Um, and then you can use that money to keep your contractor going until the project completes. Uh, hopefully that answered the question. Yep, that's perfect. Great. I might want to add one or two things to that. Uh, <laughs> we work with a tremendous amount of out-of-town uh, buyers, and I know that Leah and her team do as well. And the fact that uh, we have these third-party inspectors or internal inspectors check the properties out, I think is a, a real value proposition in comparison to some other lenders that may be competing against them. If you're out of town, we do not take your place. We're not the most heavily vested person. You have to do your own due diligence, but it is great to have a second set of eyes that is not an appraiser that is great at determining values, but not necessarily trained and, and uh, highly educated to see if the job is well done. And those are the individuals we use to help make sure that these projects go properly and that money is not paid for work that is not well completed. Thanks for adding that. No worries. Yeah, and then like I was saying, the very last thing is uh, up to 100% financing available, no loan to cost requirements. A lot of times you'll speak with other lenders that no matter how good of a deal it is, you still have to kick in what's called skin in the game, whether it be 10% or 15%. So we have, um, we have set up our loans to where we will lend you 100% of everything as long as it's underneath that 75 or for flips, 70 loan to value number. So in the example I gave earlier, if you just get a smoking hot deal and it's under 75%, you don't need to bring anything to the table except for your closing costs. In some instances, if it's that great and you're a really highly qualified borrower, we will roll in closing costs as well. And that's fantastic because there's a lot of loan to cost max that has gone into place lately. And that's because they want to make sure you have some skin in the deal. Otherwise, they feel like you're more likely to default. So still having that 75% LTC or loan to cost mask is fantastic or a LTV and then no LTC is fantastic. So you hear those terms, you're going to see a lot of deals that are blasted out talking about LTC and ARV, that's what they're talking about. That ARV is the value after the work is done. And then loan to cost is actually how much you're gonna have in that deal. And so one thing that a lot of people don't talk about is stabilized value. And so I'm gonna add that one piece in here that when we're dealing with certain lenders and certain projects, you're gonna hear stabilized value as it pertains to multifamily. And so what happens is when you go to do a loan on maybe a fourplex or an eightplex, you're gonna be able to get lending based on what the ARV is after the work is done. But once the work is done and it's fully tenanted again, the value can even potentially be much higher and that's called a stabilized value. And that's what happens on the back end if you choose to cash back out again on the back end. So that's why you'll hear us use three different terms when we're talking about deals we send out. Absolutely. Um, on this next page, one thing that is really attractive is even closing with the hard money transactions. Um, you know, Leah has some great banking relationships. I do as well. And, and it, in many of those, it's still difficult for them to close in the timeframes in which we can close just because it's, you know, there's more bureaucracy and a little bit of red tape. So in instances where wholesalers are putting out, they have to close in a certain time frame because of a foreclosure or some other issue. Um, this can really help your contract at a much higher level just because of the speed in which the transaction can take place. So keep that in mind whenever you're evaluating your different options. Um, as we mentioned earlier, it's the money to purchase and to repair, and that can be very large. And candidly, sometimes the larger repair numbers are the, are the best deals. Um, the more you differentiate yourself from the market of retail buyers, people that move into homes, and they typically want those homes to be relatively pristine. The more you differentiate yourself, the more you take those people out of the market. And you also take maybe newer investors that are afraid to take on more than a painting. So we want you to know that we're, we're there to support you on the very small rehabs or very large rehabs. Um, hard money is, is more flexible, not regulated. I kind of talked about that a little bit. We covered these other items. Uh, the, a big thing is that if you're wanting to look at buying homes straight conventional, uh, some of you guys may be wanting to do that. We can support that, but that most of these value plays that she's talking about are going to involve, I'm sorry, a hard money to conventional purchase. We'll talk a little bit more on the next slides about how we integrate that process to be smooth and easy. 
So um, these are our conventional financing options. Like I said earlier, we do hard money and we are um, a conventional lender. All of our loan officers are conventionally um, licensed. So you'd be able to work with the same person throughout the process. Uh, conventional loan programs are the ones that you typically hear about, right? In the news, Fannie, Freddie, um, they are less approval, less inclusive approvals. Um, you have to document your income. That's usually where most people um, have the hardest time. Uh, most investors will do a 30-year fixed just to maximize their cash flow. Um, you, to do a conventional loan, you have to do it in your individual name. Uh, you cannot, a lot of times we will talk to people that want to do loans in an LLC. Uh, hard money is fine. You can do a loan in an LLC. We have no problem with that. But to do a conventional refinance, you have to put it in uh, an individual's name. It cannot be in a business name. Conventional loan programs are usually 75% loan to value. You could go all the way up to 85%. Um, the pros and cons, the, the pros are you get to keep more money in your pocket. Um, the biggest con is that your rates and your payments are going to be a lot higher. So you really dig in, even to your cash flow, if you try, try to creep up and, and keep more money in your pocket, you're going to make less money in the long run. Um, there are now there are there are different types of conventional lenders. Uh, there are what's called Fannie Direct and non-Fannie Direct lenders. We uh, are a Fannie Direct lender, which means um, there are no overlays. Overlays and what an overlay is that Fannie and Freddie will give us a set of guidelines. Everyone has these guidelines. An overlay is a company that has extra guidelines on top of what Fannie and Freddie are giving. We do not have any extra guidelines. We deal directly with just the Fannie Freddie guidelines. Um, what that means to you is that you can get clear to close before the rehab is complete. And the most important one, you can refi on an appraised rent rate versus it must be leased. Meaning if you're dealing with a Fannie, Fannie uh, direct lender, you can do the deal without it being rented. You can do it on just what's called the appraised rent rate. On your appraisal, the appraiser will send in, you'll put as part of the appraisal, what the estimated rent would be. And you can qualify in your closure loan based on that, as opposed to a lot of non-Fannie direct lenders, they have to have the property lent, uh, leased. Uh, lastly, investor lenders versus big box national lenders. Uh, every now and then we will come across an investor that wants to do a real hard money loan with them, but they will want to use like, Wells Fargo or Chase or their, their normal banking relationship to do these loans. We strongly discourage you from doing that. Um, most of the loan officers that you're going to deal with uh, at the banks are not professionals. They have probably never even done an investor loan. They are um, they just aren't set up that way. There's a lot more red tape involved. And this is, you know, this is what we do, guys, that we specialize in doing deals for investors only. For the record, the majority of deals that we see on the investment sales side that blow closing timelines or fall through are people who go to big box banks. So your Wells Fargo's, your you know Chase banks, that is not who you want to go to for investment properties, not if you want a sure thing. Absolutely. And I'd like to tie in a little bit of this uh, Fannie Direct versus non-Fannie Direct lenders and talk a little bit about why that is so important in this 60-day process that we try to provide a very attractive pricing relative to most hard money lenders. The reason that we feel we differentiate us from some other people who may be in that 6.99% range is how quickly can they help you in and out? And there's two key things that we do. Um, we're gonna talk about the, uh, the bridge appraisal here in a moment. Uh, that bridge appraisal basically is a product where um, for all intents and purposes, it is one appraiser throughout the process, and it can allow us to um, basically refi much more quickly. But another thing that we have that a lot of other cannot do is we can refinance your property before it is leased, and we can work your rehab simultaneously, your rehab simultaneously with our refi, and we can often close within a few days of your completing your rehab, which is very unique compared to most of our competitors. Hey, I just want to interrupt with a quick market update. We closed Dow with the largest point gain ever in history. <laughs> just thought I'd throw that out there for a minute while we continue. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's good news on top of other good news. So that's, that's exciting for sure. Um, this is one product that we want to dive into a little bit. A lot of times people think that they may not be able to qualify for conventional financing if they do not have a W-2. 
And there are a wide variety of ways that you can. One, if you're self-employed, a lot of lenders, a lot of competitors of ours, and especially those big box lenders, do not know how to properly look at tax returns and give you the add backs that can allow you to get qualified even as a self-employed individual. Our loan officers and our operations team, this is all we do, and we're very good at calculating that income, taking ethical ways to give add backs, being as creative as possible to make these loans happen for people that deserve them. We have another product that is very unique as well, and that is the ability for people who have larger tax-deferred accounts, 401k, IRS, and if you're over 59 and a half years of age, there is a way in which we can uh, get you qualified. It's a, it's a pretty attractive option, which look at uh, your regular receipt of income out of that account for 60 days. So in other words, if you're taking $10,000 out over two consecutive months, that can become the income that we establish on that account. And then if you have it in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, you do have to take a 70% discount, but you would be surprised at your ability to qualify, even if you did not have W-2 income at that time, if you have, for example, maybe 257,000 in an account. Now, keep in mind, that 5,000 would need to cover your other bills along with the qualification for this loan, but we are able to use the 1007, which is an appraised rent rate, to wash out the payment, which means a lot more people qualify for this very attractive Fannie 30-year type financing, um, if, even if you do not have a W-2. And if anybody has, is on a retirement plan, we could definitely deep dive those specifics of this program, but it's, it's more inclusive than you might think. I kind of blazed through that. Any other questions on that? I'm saving. I've got a ton of questions. Okay. We'll do them all at the end. No that worries. way they have to get back to work. They can finish the presentation and come back and watch the questions later. Excellent. Jeff, do you want to take this page? Sure. So um, a lot of times we will hear um, people say, hey, why don't I just buy with cash and then refinance conventionally? So um, what they're talking about is, okay, they got a distressed property. They're going to pay... I don't know, 100,000 bucks for it. They're going to spend 40,000 to fix it up and then they want to refinance it after the fact. So um, there are a couple of options. One, if in that scenario, if you refinance immediately, you can only get cash back up to your purchase price, closing costs and 2,000 bucks in hand. So if you bought a house for 100 grand, you put 50 into it and it's worth 200 um, at the end of it, if you wanted to do a loan and get your cash back, you would only be able to get the hundred that you bought it for plus your closing costs in a couple thousand dollars. So really um, stifling the amount of money you can get back on that deal by paying cash. The other alternative is if you wait six months, if you wait six months from the purchase date, you can refinance and get the full 75% loan based on the actual value. So in that scenario, if you waited six months, you'd be able to get a loan of 75% to the 150. Now, the problem, the potential pitfalls, um, A, is just if you don't have that kind of cash laying around, but B, even if you do have that kind of cash laying around, I don't know how many people I've talked to that said um, they wish they hadn't have done that because you know, it tapped out their their funds that they have to use for investments and other good deals were just coming across their desk and they couldn't afford them. Like they didn't have the money to um, to do more deals. And so while yes, you save some money on hard money uh, fees and payments by doing it this way in the beginning, in the long run, you you kind of you kind of cut yourself short because you missed out on maybe a couple other properties you could have done in the same time. If that makes sense. Uh, next, Leah. Okay. So uh, it is important that you, most of the people that we work with and that Leah works with often want to buy multiple properties at one time. And you can certainly do that with conventional loans. The great thing about conventional loans is that um, you can use the appraised rent, rights, rent rates to qualify to buy multiple properties. And, um, you know, we have customers whose debt to income ratio is just a shade below the maximum at 50%, but they can buy 20 properties between them and their significant other. So definitely ways to do that. It is important if you are going to try and buy multiple 
at one time that you understand some of the rules associated with it. If you have significant income, a debt to income ratio is not an issue, uh, then you can close the refinances on uh, separate days without issue. And you can always close hard money loan on any day. We do not worry about the hard money piece whatsoever. You can close one today, one tomorrow, one a week from now, that's all fine. With so that, let me interrupt with a couple questions or clarifications on this, because I know that people are thinking them before they type them. Number one, in the last crash, a lot of us heard the rapid acquisition. Is that something that is a concern today, and what does that mean? The, the question, I'm sorry? The question is, we hear the term a lot, rapid acquisition, back in the last crash. And given some of the instability and things happening these few weeks, is rapid acquisition an issue, and what does that mean? I have no reason to believe that it will be an issue. Uh, I, I think that the government is trying to prop up conventional loans and ensure that the product as they have been defined for some is at minimum as inclusive and not inclusive. So there was a time in the past where there was some concern about a rapid acquisition during a, a mortgage crisis. And, and, and property prices were dropping drastically and, and you and I both don't believe that that's really going to be the case in this particular circumstance. So what that is, um, there, it is not that they uh, are worried about the current situation or that there are going to be any changes that got With that said, um, I just want to define the difference a little bit more slowly, and I appreciate the question. For hard money, you can, buy, you can buy one in any particular day that you would want. There are two different ways that it can happen whenever you go to refinance those hard money loans into conventional loans. Some people have more than adequate income and they can close the refinances on various days because they do not need the income, the rental income, in order to qualify. If you do need the rental income income to qualify and you have multiple properties in your pipeline at that moment, and that could even be properties that are under contract, not necessarily that you purchased yet, we have to include all of those into your debt to income ratio. The good news is if we close four on the same day, we can use that 1007 appraised rent rate to wipe out the, uh, not wipe out, but overcome the payments, the principal interest taxes and insurance on four properties at one time. And even if your debt to income ratio is close to 50, you can buy four at one time. So there's a way to get around that. Your loan officer will let you know your own individual qualifications and if you are a person who can buy multiple properties and close your refinances on separate days, or if you need to close them all on the same day. Does that make then, sense? Yep. And then the other thing that I wanted to touch on is doors. And I'll take this one just so I can make sure everybody understands. So there's a lot of talk that it's 10 doors per person. So if you and your spouse both qualify, that's 10 doors. Well, in reality, it's not actually doors. It's property and tax ID. And so if you buy a fourplex and that fourplex is one tax ID, one property, that does not count as four doors. So when we're talking about this commercial Fannie Mae loans, we're talking about single family, duplex, triplex, and fourplex. We're not talking about multifamily and how the tax ID and the actual ownership and lot of that property is actually laid out, that's what determines how many doors it counts as. So you could, in theory, have more than 10 doors if you buy small multifamily, meaning two to four, not five plus. And so that's something to keep in mind as well. And then finally, as you buy more property, and Wade, I'll let you kind of cover this, but the more you buy, the reserve requirement of how much cash you have to have is going to kick up at certain intervals. And Wade, I'll let you kind of go over that. Yes, that's definitely true. It's it's not as onerous as you might think, but we do have a slide that we'll actually cover a little bit later that covers that because whenever you go from four to six and beyond six, there are definitely ramp ups, but I think we'll just cover that when we go to the slide. I do want to mention one other thing. Um, there's also a misconception at times that um, you can qualify for 20, uh, only qualify for 20 conventional loans. And if you have 10 loans through another lender that, that uh, that would not count towards your 20 conventional loans. At the end of the day, what they measure is the mortgage electronic recording service, number of recorded uh, deeds that you have or notes. And then at the end of the day, they are going to check that number. 
So it really depends on if your alternative lender is reporting to the MERS service or not. But we can let you know that whenever we're working through the process of letting you know how many loans you'll be able to do. And just to clarify, for those of you going through our commercial lenders direct through banks, they do not report to credit. Yes. Which is good. Yeah. You're still right. Let me tell you, about a year, maybe almost a year ago, I got kind of an itch to use some of my fanny slots. It's like, yeah, I've got them. Why not? So I rapid purchased like six or seven properties, maybe, and my credit score tanked. And I said, what in the world is going on? This is ridiculous. How could this happen? And he said, just be patient, give it a few weeks. Because for me, I have very good credit and it's very important. I have very good credit. And uh, so anyway, two of the properties I did were properties I bought. I was going to flip them. I decided to keep them. So they're like six, $700,000 properties. And so basically I added a million dollars in debt in 10 days and my credit score went down. Of course, it came right back up. But that day, right there, I decided, you know what, I, Fannie Mae and me are done. But when you're at my volume, it's a very different play for most of my clients. They're still operating and utilizing those slots in conjunction with commercial so that they can do the multifamily there and the single family and the fixed 30 here with Fannie. So it's interesting to see how things change, but definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah, and I, I do want to touch on that. With our, with our single point of contact model, we really try to minimize the impact of the FICO scores. Uh, we try to limit the amount of pools. We just do one pool. That pool allows you to get hard money loans and permanent financing. And if you're buying multiple properties at once, we do not have to rerun that credit pool for 120 days. So if you were to buy eight, nine, 10 properties, whatever the case may be in a very short time frame, you would be able to use that same pool as long as we don't go below uh, beyond the 120th day. On our hard money side, we actually use that same credit pool for up to six months. So uh, keep that in mind. We really try to limit the pools and keep the pools in the same category, which minimizes that impact as much as possible. Also, we can use that same pool in many instances on our multi and commercial products as well. So that's a lot of our customers like that they can have the least impact possible while still just working with one company. Well, and most lenders that deal in Fannie Mae, they're going to pull you every 45 days. So you guys are doing almost three times longer. So that's fantastic too. Yes. We know that for investors, to your point, one of the most important things you have is, is credit. It's right up there with cash and to, to do deals. And um, we, we want to do everything we can to keep it there because if we adversely impact your credit, then we, we aren't able to help you do more deals. And that's bad for both of us. So it's a, it's a commitment we really have. Um, next, I want to cover this appraisal, which is something that we think is very innovative. We worked a lot to get this in place, and um, it, it's, a, it's a product that mitigates a lot of the risks that people have whenever they think I'm doing two separate transactions, right? You think I have this hard money loan, which is unregulated, and oftentimes, you know, whenever things are unregulated, there might be an instance where uh, someone says to an appraiser, this is the value I need, or whatever the case may be. Throughout this process for us, we have a highly qualified panel of appraisals. That's where we started. These guys know the business. They are deeply experienced. They're not afraid to work, walk into a home that you would consider an ugly home or a disgusting home. They've done it countless times before. To appraise the value based on the repairs, but what a home can be, not what it is today. And you have to start with that level of competency, if this program was going to work, or any program, honestly, if you're using properties. But what we're able to do is the program and the conventional design okay, to have wait, the same appraisal. Wait, and while I cannot guarantee, am I? Yeah, you keep cutting out every few words. Can you go back and repeat that? Yes, I'm sorry. Maybe, uh, my hand gestures or my head movements when I got excited about this bridge appraisal caused me not to be speaking. <laughs> is, that, uh, is that better? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's way better. Sorry about that. So let me talk about the bridge. I'm sorry if it's redundant for some of you, but I'm going to go through this. So what this is, is it is a product to mitigate the appraisal risk of coming in lower when refinancing. So 
Um, in most environments where you're doing a hard money and a permanent financing appraisal, they're two completely independent appraisals. Um, you have a hard money appraiser, which is unregulated. Sometimes that means that um, there's a little bit more interaction between either loan officer or some other person and the appraiser. And uh, we, we really mitigate that in having a air compliant appraisal throughout the entire process. It's meant to be the same appraiser for both the hard money and the permanent financing loan. But where this really uh, starts from and then the, the building block of what makes this different is that we have a highly qualified panel of appraisers who have been doing fix and flip or fix flip and, and rent type properties for their majority of their careers. They're not afraid of dirty homes. They're not afraid of nasty homes. They've seen huge rehabs and they have the ability to visualize what the home will be based on the repair budget, not get fixated on what it is today. Another big difference is that uh, if there is an assignment involved in the transaction, most traditional appraisers don't really know what that means. And they will only see the recorded purchase price, which does not include any assignment fees paid to wholesalers. Our guys know that game and they do not get overly fixated on the purchase price. And then the, the example that Jeff mentioned earlier, where you purchase a property for 50,000, you put 50 into it and you think it's worth 150, for many people, new appraisers that don't understand this business, they just see that $50,000 a purchase price and they want to lowball that appraiser. Our guys did not do that. They're going to give a fair and ethical appraisal, assuming that we're going to help you do a good rehab based on that rehab budget. And they're going to compare it to the appropriate comps, which if you're doing a good solid rehab are going to be top of market comps. So we really don't see problems with that. And in an environment that may be changing, our customers love this product because you do not have to rerun comps for 100, 120 days. So that means you do your upfront appraisal for the hard money loan. And then at the end of the day, there's just a final inspection as that step three. As I mentioned earlier, this along with the fact that you can refinance without the property being leased are two very big differentiators between us and the competition. To compare in its simplest terms, a competitor would wait until you complete the rehab. They would order for a new appraisal. Then it would go through underwriting. Then it would go to draw docs. Then it would close. That process, especially in the current environment, could be two weeks, uh, it could be a month, or it could be longer. Conversely, we're actually able to get your file cleared to close before you have completed your rehab, which means that um, it does not have to go back through underwriting. The appraiser just does a final inspection to make sure that the work is properly completed. And then we are able to refinance you in many instances within a few days of you completing your rehab, which is a big deal when we're doing a 6.99% introductory rate. And then we have uh, an increase to the rate after that 60th day. And most of our customers, as long as they're working diligently to get their rehabs done, are always able to get in and out before there's any rate adjustment. Anything to add to that, Jeff? No, I got muted there. Uh, no, I just like it's the it is a way to make sure that the one of the biggest pitfalls that buy and hold investors have is hard money, hard money appraisal coming in high then the refinance appraisal coming in low. And at that point, there really aren't a lot of options. You have to you have to come to the table with that difference. Um, so this is a this is a uh, a huge weight lifted off a lot of investors shoulder. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. And just when we're looking at traditional hard money lenders, they don't have this as an option. And I think many of them that did maybe have this at one point, they're not going to be able to offer it right now. And so really the biggest piece of all of this so that everyone understands the importance here is the bridge appraisal process and having that appraisal up front because it basically makes it secured and it makes it guaranteed as opposed to waiting for an appraisal on the back end where you're very subject to two different opinions. And, you know, when the same appraiser doesn't go back the second time, not only are you paying for it twice, but you also have the anxiety and the concern over what it's going to come in as. And for those of you that have known me for years, I talk a lot about the fact that no investment is good if you are concerned or stressed or uncomfortable with it. And so one of the biggest stressors I see for people in that rehab process is worrying about getting the rehab done, getting that end appraisal done, where the value is going to come in. And this process basically takes away all of that emotional piece, which, 
you know, especially in times like this, it's extremely important, I think, to limit our stress in every way we can and to know black and white going in day one what to expect. There's well, it's priceless. Yeah, well said. We have a lot of customers that they won't even do a deal unless it's on this bridge process because they like it so yep. much. Yeah, so a couple of things that we talked about uh, earlier, just around the timing, uh, credit reports, you know, 110 days from uh, the date the credit was pulled. Technically, we can get an exception to 120. We don't, it is an exception, but we are able to do that in instances. And then hard money for six months. Um, get your rehab done ASAP so you don't have to pull credit again. And also, you don't want to have to have that uh, appraisal, you know, updated comps. There are some instances where we might be able to get exceptions up at times at the 120 days. But we really, the only certainty we have is that we do not have to within that first 120 days. So um, I think that's imperative that you work, you work diligently to get it done as quick as possible, as I'm sure you guys always do. Um, things that can affect your refi that you do need to keep in mind, um, you know, making large purchases or additional, putting additional properties under contract. That's one very key thing with Fannie Freddie. You do not have to have a loan out on your property for it to be counted into your debt to income ratio, you will sign a document at closing that says you have no other additional real estate obligations. So you wanna make sure you do not have those. If you are going to purchase additional properties, which we encourage, we want people to be able to add properties, it's just important to go into it with a game plan and to make sure your loan officer knows as soon as possible. But there is always a last minute verification of job, um, they, they do soft pulls to just see if there are any additional inquiries. It doesn't count against your credit, but if they see multiple inquiries. They're going to ask questions if you incurred additional debt. Make sure you don't have any late payments or reduce your bank balances or anything like that. If there's any doubts, just call your loan officer. But for the most part, it's just making smart decisions around additional purchases and anything that changes your financial situation during that time frame. So yep. hard money, yeah, sure. So hard money to conventional financing, um, like we kind of talked about a little bit on the appraisals, they're ordered as soon as the rehab is complete and let your loan officer know immediately or before the rehab is complete. So uh, we can be prepared. We want to get you closed as soon as possible um, for a bunch of different reasons. But, uh, and we kind of the backside appraisal can vary from the front side. So this is kind of what we're talking about. Uh, if it's not on the bridge, if you have a, a a deal where the backside appraisal comes in high, well then great. You know you can you can roll some of your closing costs in. That's that's always the best case scenario. Uh, low obviously is the worst case scenario. If it comes in without using the bridge, um, that means more money to the process. And then when the bridge process is kind of like the 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 um, insurance policy against that risk that we work on. Other lenders they usually don't use the same appraiser. Um, we and we have set up our system towards air compliance, so this is all nothing, nothing shady going on. Um, and then, like I said, if you don't use the bridge, new comps may have hit the market, which which may seriously impact the value. So you want to make sure that um, if you're working with us, any any way we can use the bridge process, you know, do it. Yeah, hard money to conventional financing assets and reserves. Um, they need to be seasoned for at least 60 days. Like we said earlier, any large deposits must be sourced. You're going to be asked about it. A lot of times it's draw money, which is totally fine. Um, but if there's anything else, a large deposit, just be ready to source that. Um, you need to have money to purchase and refi all the transactions. And you must have money to meet the Fannie Freddie reserve requirements, which I think are on another slide. Um, the rental income must show a positive on the tax return, it will be considered a debt. Um, and then Schedule E is a fair rental days. They must be accurate. Um, so you just got to get your tax returns over to your loan officer as soon as possible so they can analyze them and make sure you qualify up front. And we always do that before anybody does any deals with us. We, we really take a lot of time with making sure that you're pre-approved because um, we don't want to put you into a hard money deal and then have a hard time getting you out of it with an approval. So we really take our time with that and make sure that that's solid. Uh, Wade, do you want to help cover the conventional uh, yeah. loans? Actually, I was going to go back to the previous slide, if I may, momentarily. Um, so I want to just talk about this, this these two last uh, pieces of advice on your taxes. So one, I want to make sure that you do not think that if for some reason you 
happen to show a loss that it precludes you from getting a loan. It just bakes into your debt to income ratio. And you know, your CPA and sometimes our own personal objectives around reducing taxes are not always in line with being qualified for a loan. But there are many things that you can add back. Uh, depreciation is an add back. So generally, I'm not a tax attorney, but or, or a CPA or anything of that sort. But I would say that um, the Lifestyles methodology and other guru organizations will generally tell you that writing everything off as an expense in year one is going to make your tax returns look very bad. And you can depreciate that over time and it's gonna put you in a much better situation to qualify for, uh, qualify for, for loans. So it's just something very important to keep in mind and make sure that your CPA is putting in the fair rent days because that is what Fannie requires us to use as far as calculating. So what that means is how many days did you actually have that property on the market, right? And then they're going to use that number to determine your monthly income. So if you have it vacant for a certain period of time, that's not counted against you, but your CPA has to properly, or you have to properly input that information, make sure the days when the property was vacant are not included in that fair rent days number. Okay, we can go on to the next slide. So conventional loans zero through six, um, your primary loan is gonna be included. What we've done for a lot of people in many instances is they're wanting to max out their 20 Fannie Freddies. We can't potentially do a refinance and take the, the one significant other off and uh, put, you know, so that one can have nine plus the primary and the other can have 10. Um, we always encourage you to do the deal separately between you and your spouse to maximize the, the number of deals that you can qualify for. Um, we can calculate the rental income using the lesser of the 1007, which is the appraised rent rate. The appraiser is going to go out and you look at comps, just like he determines the value of the property, he will determine the rent rate. And then we do have to include a 25% vacancy factor in that number to determine the rent that we will use to counteract the debt and to count into your overall debt to income ratio. So using even numbers, you're getting $2,000 in rent, we're going to be able to use $1,500 because of the, the Fannie required vacancy factor. The reserve requirements, you have to have 2% of the aggregate unpaid balance on all mortgage loans on deals zero through four. Whenever you bump up to uh, deals five and six, that number goes to 4%. And then when you go to the next page, we will see that those numbers go up. We have a comment here from MERS that is the place in which these numbers are determined. So it's every mortgage recorded with mortgage electronic recording service. Um, on the previous slide, I did not say this, but there is not a hard minimum FICO. It could, you know, typically it's in the mid 600s. Um, there is not a hard minimum, but typically you can have high level of confidence that if you're at 650. On this next page, we do talk about the minimum FICO for loans seven through 10 is 720. A um, couple things that do change, reserve requirement is 6% of aggregate unpaid balances. And if you uh, count your primary, you can get up to 20 total loans between spouses. We've helped a lot of people max that up. Yeah, I wanted to um, make one point on the alternating them in between your spouses. Um, both spouses have to qualify individually. Um, so if, if, both spouses work and have enough income to qualify, that's great, but otherwise it would not work. You have to be able to qualify for both spouses individually. I've seen many people that do the first ones individually, and then as it gets tighter, maybe they don't qualify individually for the next ones, and so they do the final few combined. So there's yep, different that, ways to handle it too. Yep, yep. Great. That makes sense. So conventional multifamily financing options, um, these are multifamily deals that are typically much larger with more cash to close required. Um, appraisals and surveys are a lot more expensive, um, usually a couple thousand bucks as opposed to typically most regular appraisals are around 450. Um, to do conventional loans for multifamily, it is more difficult to qualify. Um, there are a lot greater net worth requirements. Um, to do these deals, but they are a great way to continue investing if you want to move on. You will you not recommend well. conventional for multifamily, just FYI. So those of you that are used to our traditional multifamily lending options, we are not going conventional. We go direct through banks. Fair enough. 
Yeah, and so our typical, just to kind of give some idea, our typical loan loan to cost max is around 85 to 95%. So depending on the deal, depending on the repairs, depending on what's needed and depending on your qualification, um, you could get in with 5% down, 15% down. It really, it just depends. It could be as much as 25% down. It's all about the deal. Multifamily, the, the value play, the swing is much larger. And so for those of you already working on those deals with us, um, we've already kind of talked about that, but just want to throw that out there that there's lots of different ways to do multifamily financing. Right now, most people are going direct bank. Um, rates have been real, real volatile on the conventional side for multifamily in terms of going up. Okay, so just a few other things. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, we have a secure and, and intuitive online website and, and our webpage. We, we have gone through great efforts to ensure that you can do everything from a smartphone, tablet, or mobile device. All documents are uploaded straight to your secure portal, so you do not need to email anything. And we have SAS 70 level protection to ensure that that, that data is uh, is protected. We can only get you a, a pre-qualification in as little as 24 to 48 hours. And then, uh, as Jeff mentioned earlier, submitting the draw request from your mobile device is a big deal. And we, while we have emphasized technology, you know, in, in, in summary, before we move on to the questions, in my opinion, the biggest differences in our company, and I think it's also one of the biggest differences in, in uh, OmniKey, is the teammates that we have. They're very knowledgeable. They're very passionate and they're trusted advisors. If you are unsure of the best way to approach our lending options, they're going to take a lot of time to explain them to you and to help make sure that you feel comfortable so that you can move forward with confidence. Absolutely. So I have a stack of questions, so let's get started. Uh, let me get back up here to the top. <clears throat> So does a hard money approval mean someone can easily get a conventional loan? In other words, are you going to request first a hard money loan, then try to get a conventional loan separately? Uh, the answer to that would be no. Um, we always want to make sure that the exit strategy and the more complicated approval is done first. So whenever you work with your single point of contact <clears throat> loan officer, they're going to evaluate you from the lending standard right out of the box. And if you are unable to get qualified for that, they will let you know that and what your other alternatives are at that time. But that is our objective to get you qualified for the conventional loan, let you know, you know what you'll qualify for, give you a range of terms, TVs, et cetera, but that is all done up front. Um, there's some questions in here about our off-market properties and stuff. I'm going to have you guys reach out to us directly about all of that. That's not something I want to cover on this today. We've already run very long, and we appreciate all y'all staying with us, but we want to take Wade's time for their stuff today. Um, can you describe how to use a hard money loan? I think we've already really covered this, but how to use a hard money loan in conjunction with uh, cash-out refinance? In conjunction with a cash-out refinance. So, in all honesty, uh, most of the deals that our, our customers are seeing in the market, they're typically in the range of, you know, 70 to 85% of the after repairs value. So, uh, on those deals, you can't really get cash out inside of six months. So they're more normally doing a hard money to a refinance with the ability to potentially get 2000 uh, that does not count as actual cash out. Now you can roll in the fees in many instances, if you go to 80% on your refi and you do 75% on the hard money, but there's really not an opportunity in, in today's market to get cash out in most of those deals anyway. If there were, then you would want to wait until after six months to be able to get more than 2,000 because that is the wait time in order to get above 2,000. And keep in mind, this is the whole reason why you want the best loan to value and loan to cost up front, because you're doing a refinance on the back end, which is why the terms are better. Generally, when you're doing a cash out, unless it's direct through a bank, you're going to be paying a higher interest rate and not have as advantageous terms as you will on a refinance. And then that's when the timelines come into play. So by having a better upfront option, if you're not doing an all-in-one loan, 
this is the best way to do it and their terms are the best that I have seen in quite some time. And so that's why we wanted to do this today so that you can see the options other than going direct through banks and going direct through banks, you're not gonna be able to maximize that cost like you can with this model. Next question, if you initially pre-approve for 150,000 and we find a deal that requires more, is this flexible? Jeff, do you want to take that one? Yeah, sure. It is flexible. Um, we have uh, internal kind of asset requirements for doing hard money deals with people. Um, and then the refinance is the most important thing. If you're looking to, I'm assuming you're talking about doing deals to, uh, to hold on to. So as long as you qualify for both deals, absolutely. That, that can be altered. It's just a matter of, um, of your assets, your income. Uh, your loan officer looks at everything and, and make sure you're not going to get into a spot you can't get out of but yes 100 percent. and then next question this i've got a lot of questions about this recording we will post this recording and that'll be up on the channel or if you want to send an email to myself or to marketing at omnikeytexas.com we will reply back with the link to this class and the link to the youtube with the other classes um let's see do you guys lend in other states other than texas at the moment, we do not lend our hard money outside of Texas, but we can handle the permanent refinance in just about every state in the union. So um, we might be able to partner with another hard money source or, or potentially if you're purchasing cash, we do have that flexibility. We do have objectives to move into other markets, but hard money is only in Texas at the moment. Uh, there's a couple questions in here about multifamily. I'm going to direct you guys to contact me directly. This was really a single family, one to four family webinar. Uh, can you do FHA? How much is minimum down payment for conventional for a single family or duplex? Um, FHA is for owner occupant. So that's not going to pertain to investment property here. And then I'll let you answer how much is minimum down payment for conventional for a single family or duplex. Now, um, Leah is absolutely right, but we have seen some people use an FHA product in a multi-unit property at times. Yeah. Um, you know, that that is potentially available if you're living in one of the units, but you would have to be in one of the units. And then what was the phase two of that question? Um, they're basically asking what the down payment is, and I can I can answer this quickly. So for single family, you can do as low as 20% down with our recommendation. And when you go to two to four unit, if you're doing a direct purchase with Fannie Mae, it's going to go to 25% down. Wade, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is no 20% option for a duplex, triplex, or fourplex, correct? That's correct. Okay. And uh, we can on the backside, just so everyone knows, there is up to an 85% refi, but that involves, <clears throat> I'm sorry, that involves PMI, and we strongly discourage that. We do have some people that go up to 80%. That is a Freddie product, and we are not able to refi based on the appraised rent rate on that product. I strongly discourage that as well. And then I've added one item that I want to cover because I get this question a lot. <clears throat> Sorry. And uh, it's not Corona, I promise. <laughs> Every time someone coughs, like everyone's looking at each other, but uh, drink didn't go down right. So anyway, for a HELOC, a lot of clients right now are asking my opinion on HELOCs. And you know, I am not a Dave Ramsey mentality. I do not believe in paying off all your debt. You're, personal mortgage and your personal home is if you're not an investor in real estate probably the single biggest write-off you're ever going to have and right now we are at virtually free money there is no reason to not have a mortgage with reason on your primary home there is no reason not to refinance and cash out your primary home to leverage into real estate the three percent interest that you're going to pay on your primary mortgage is the same return that you're going to get just in your principal pay down every month on one property because about 150 dollars a month is your principal pay down on your mortgage so if your cash out on your house is at three percent and you're making three percent just in principal pay down on that same money that means all of your cash flow any appreciation anything like that is sheer profit so free money all of that being said, can they pull money out of their home or on a HELOC and use it with you to do this process? So we we do not offer HELOCs. That's often for by the bigger banks. We yeah. do offer excellent products for cash out refinances on your primary residence. And that's often what, you know, 
a lot of other guru organizations encourage anyway because it is going to be the most attractive pricing it's not a revolving uh payment like a box or many ways like credit cards this gives you a defined payoff time and, and more paid principal and we really believe that that's a great option but just like leo said i am a big believer as many real estate gurus are maximize your your leverage take advantage of the equity in your home uh, dave ramsey's approach is great for people that don't have ambitions to invest i guess and if they uh it's better than just spending their money on cars and boats and, and jet skis and things like that for sure but it does not help you achieve wealth and the approach Leah is talking about where you could get nearly free money and use that to fuel your investments in my opinion is a very logical makes sense financial decision okay um let's see here's a question from mark i'm buying a 26 unit apartment building and have been notified that my down payment will go to 20 percent from 15 percent you mentioned very low down payment amounts for the right deal I want to discuss ASAP. Yes, Mark, give me a call and we can go through whatever your numbers are on this deal. I have no idea without seeing the numbers and the rehab and everything else that you're doing. So until I can see that, I can't really guide you on that. Your down payment is directly based on the loan program you're doing and what the end value is after repairs. And so if there's no value left over or the value came in lower, that could be why it increased or it could be because whatever loan program you were using has now changed the terms with everything going on. And that is happening a lot right now with certain lenders. And so reach out to me again, my cell phone is 214-724-9118 and I'd be more than happy to help you with that. All right. Well, I appreciate everybody. Thank you so much for sticking with us. This was a very long class, but very important. If you have any follow-up questions, don't hesitate to reach out to any of us. Otherwise, please stay safe. And our next class will be next week. We will continue with weekly webinars during this and uh, weekly updates on the COVID crisis. Again, everyone stay safe and thanks again. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Omniki. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks, Jeff.